Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Mind Body Mastery Podcast. This is episode number 65, and I am so grateful that you are spending another little half an hour with me today. I have a wonderful interview coming at you today from a woman named Edith Vignal. Edith is the creator of uh, an amazing bilingual digital illustration project called The Shadow Side of Pain. And what this project aims to do is it aims to bring awareness through art to the mind-body connection. And so I really encourage you to reach out to her to submit your story. I'm going to have all of her contact info in the show notes today. And so please reach out and help her um, kind of shed some beautiful artistic light on the mind-body syndrome. And so I also want to talk a little bit before I get into the interview today about the future of this podcast. So I have been growing and changing over the last few years. I am in a constant state of evolution. If you talk to anybody in my world, I never stay in one place too long because I'm always moving to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And so I'm, I've am i been thinking about the next thing for this podcast, and I feel myself leaning more toward um, speaking more about empowerment Um, evolution, expansion, and growth. And so I feel myself uh, pulling away from talking about pain, really. Um, When we focus on pain all the time, a lot of times we can get stuck there. And so I think it would serve my highest good as well as the highest good of all of my listeners to begin speaking in a more expanded, expansive way. I've been trying to do that since the beginning of the, of the podcast and really been talking about, you know, the power of your intention, the power of thought, the power of visualization, the power of kind of keeping your eye moving forward rather than backward. And so I hope that you guys will join me. Um, and I intend to take the next few weeks off to really, um, kind of ground and meditate on what that will look like. It might end up being that I change the name of the podcast to something a little more expanded. Um, or I might just start a whole new one. I'm not sure yet. Um, And if you guys have any feedback for me on this and any thoughts for me, I would love to hear from you. You can reach out to me in my private Facebook group, Mind Body Masters, and and let me know if you're on board with this expansion. I am way more into the spiritual side of things than, um, than I have led on in the podcast. I've mentioned it briefly here and there, but Um, but I'm really into consciousness and the expansion of consciousness and the power of intention in our lives. And so I want to kind of change directions in that way, in that growth minded way. And so, um, so yeah, so I will be taking the next couple of weeks off as I, um, lean into what my next steps are. And, um, yeah, so I hope whatever that is, whatever that looks like that you will join me, um, there and everything you need as far as the mind body work is concerned is already in this podcast. It is chock full of literally everything, 
I cannot think of anything else that you would need in order to heal. And the main thing that you need this point forward is trust, deep trust, and an attitude of absolutely zero doubt. I don't even want to call it belief, like belief in your body that insinuates that you're, you're choosing to believe in something that might be truth or might not be truth, but I want you to accept without one shred of doubt that your human body is fine. And really that's all you need. And anything else is a distraction and muddying the message. And so there's a really wonderful story um, that Wayne Dyer talks about um, in one of his PBS specials that talks about the kahunas of Hawaii. And the kahunas were a special um, generation of healers that the only medicine they used was their 100% knowledge that the patient that they were working with was healed and whole and complete as they were. So they were raised to not believe any doubts. And so in that way, I want you to move through life as a kahuna and know that your human body is perfect, whole, and complete as it is. And that's all you need to know. And so as my podcast evolves, as this message grows, um, it's going to be looking more towards this um, this trust and this lack of doubt in the wisdom of your body, the wisdom of your spirit. And so, so yeah, so that's my musings for today. Um, but before I get too carried away, just rambling on about that, we are going to get into the interview today with Edith. And here she is. I'm here with a beloved member of my private Facebook group, Edith Vignal. Edith is a digital illustrator who started a TMS-inspired bilingual illustration project called The Shadow Side of Pain. This project features real-life recovery stories of real people, including herself, who have come to the realization that the mind and the body are intimately connected. She's also a certified coach whose personal experience with TMS led her to specialize her practice in the mind-body connection. So Edith, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Yay. So, um, so first, I guess I'd love to hear about your illustration project, The Shadow Side of Pain. Can you tell me a little bit about it and how it came to be? Um, so I started the project last year um, for several reasons. There was one very practical reason that I wanted to draw more because um, I, I started drawing two years ago. So before that, I had no idea that I could draw or that I even liked drawing. So it was a new thing for me. Wow. And I wanted to create a space where I had no rules, where it would be my own rules and I could just practice my art without um, reporting to a client or checking that it's the right format. So I wanted mm -hmm. that full freedom to gain confidence in my um, skills. And also the second reason is that I wanted to be motivated to draw and I need meaning. I wanted to mm -hmm. um, 
create something meaningful and, you know, in my humble way, contribute to the world by yes. um, spreading the message that the, this important message that um, repressed emotions can be translated into can be translated into physical pain. So that was very important. Yes. Um, and also the third reason is that art as an expression is so connected to the subconscious. Mm -hmm. It is so infused with our shadow, with the part of us we ignore, we're not in touch with, and that's a beautiful channel for healing as well. Yes, oh, I totally agree. So you obviously were inspired to do this because you dealt with your own pain journey. Can you talk a little bit about your journey through the mind-body realm? Yeah, absolutely. So I had several um, episodes or symptoms that I consciously healed with um, the method of John Sarno, with uh, connecting to emotions, um, and I also have a lifelong chronic condition that's eczema and mm -hmm. allergies, which are not allergies. It's just a defense mechanism now that I can understand it uh, from my body when I'm stressed. So it took me ages, even after reading all the books, Sarno and Nicole Sachs and uh, Steve Ozanich, it took me so long to realize that my eczema was not allergies it was absolutely connected to my inner truth mm -hmm. um yeah my inner child so um i wanted to explain in simple ways as well with simple symptoms such as neck pain because it's so easy to wake up in the morning with neck pain and think oh it's because i slept in a weird position when a lot of a lot of um stuff is happening in your life and uh, you prefer not to think about what's happening in your life <laughs> and just focus on <laughs> what is tangible. Um, and it's so much more acceptable to uh, talk about what's physical, what's tangible, as opposed to talk about what's happening uh, underneath the surface. Mm. Uh, so that's why I like to showcase on the project um, short, simple stories as long as big, inspiring stories of people who have overcome amazing, um, in an amazing way, great deal of physical pain and chronic pain. Um, so in terms of, um, so there were two big, let's say TMS episodes that I healed. It was vulvodynia. Mm -hmm. And it's important for me as, as well to mention, to label those symptoms because um, hoping that maybe somehow one day a person will, a woman will type vulvodynia and through the, you know, all the information on Google, find maybe <laughs> somewhere down the track my article and maybe identify with my experience. Yes. Um, yeah, and I healed RSI as well. Okay. And also for me, it's important to um, showcase true stories, because there's so much, especially when something defies your sense of logic, when it's beyond your knowledge. Um, if you look on television and if something talks about uh, an event that defies your logic and it's just someone on TV, so you just dismiss it and you ignore it. But if it's someone you trust, um, someone you know who tells you 
something that defies your sense of logic, then it creates this tension between the fact that a part of you wants to trust the person because um, and believe the person because you know the person, and a part of you uh, still thinks, hang on, I don't believe in that. Mm -hmm. So within this tension, within this space, for me, that's the, where the magic happens because then we can question our own beliefs. How can I reconciliate the fact that I want to believe that person and I trust it really happened to that person, but hang on, I, I don't understand how it works. It goes beyond my own logic. So that's why I want to tell true stories. Wow. So what had you believed about your body previously with regards to the RSI and the vulvodynia? Like, what did you believe was wrong before? Um, so I've always, intuitively, I've always believed that, um, so for instance, my mother used to have cold sores and she used to say, oh, whenever I'm stressed, I get a cold sore. Oh. So I've and I remember thinking, oh, okay, that's a bit strange, but why not? And so I've always been open mm -hmm. to the mind-body connection. And vulvodynia was truly chronic. So I went through all the, the steps of going to see a doctor. He doesn't know what's going on. He tells me I've got nothing. He thinks I've got this. He thinks I've got an infection. He thinks I've got... And it's, uh, you go in circles. Uh, I took so many different treatments. I saw so many specialists. Um, and I actually, it's a good doctor who led me to, um, to the mind body connection there. Mm -hmm. So she was a gynecologist and because there's so much resistance to believe it's emotional, you think, no, come on, it's so physical. Right. It has to be physical. Right. So, um, yeah, so I was, um, she was checking, I mean, he's a gynecologist, so sorry if it's uh, graphic, no, but she was checking me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she was checking where the pain was. And she was so diplomatic because she said, look, uh, I touch the same spot in different occasions, and sometimes you scream, and sometimes you don't feel the pain. Oh. And because I didn't know, I mean... Right, you can't see what she's yeah, doing. Yeah, you can't see, <laughs> and I don't know. You know, I don't know exactly which spot is. You know, is where. So, wow. I thought that's very odd. So the same. So the, where does the pain come from? How come the same spot can be painless one minute and then very mm. painful another? Mm -hmm. And she said, "I know your pain is real. Mm. However, from a structural point of view, as a doctor, I cannot see anything." And I thought, mm, what does that mean? And I didn't want to admit the psychosomatic um, options because I had strong resistance, obviously, from my ego because I didn't want to uh, dive yes. in that space, yes. uh, painful emotions. And um, I frowned and she said, I think you have vulvodynia. And I knew about this condition because I knew someone who had that. And I remember thinking, no. It's not me. I don't have that. I know this is psychosomatic. I can't have that. I would know, blah, blah, blah. So I had massive resistance, mm -hmm. even being aware of wow. uh, the mind-body connection. Even I was someone sort of, you know, open to that. Um, and she gave me a leaflet and I went home with that and I read and I thought, oh, it's exactly what I have. Oh. So I had to admit Mm -hmm. And I recognized the shifting nature 
of the symptoms. Sometimes it's tension, sometimes it's itchy, sometimes it's painful, sometimes you can't move. Um, so very, no pattern. It was just erratic type mm -hmm. of symptoms. And I spoke to a friend and he said, are you sure it's not in connection to what happened with your ex? And I felt tears mm. um, welling up. And I thought, mm, I think he, uh, yeah, he touched a sensitive uh, spot here. Mm -hmm. um, so I remember I was on my back. I rode home. I sat on my couch. And I, I'm lucky to live alone because I can do this sort of stuff where I speak to myself and I... I had my doona and I thought, okay, what is really going on? What's happening here? And I, I like to engage with my intuition, but sometimes, you know, the ego is in the way and it's hard to access that. And I had no, no answer. And I thought, okay, what has changed mm -hmm. since my breakup? And three things had changed, weird things. And they're all related. And it's quite crazy when I think about it. So the first thing was that I had developed a phobia of um, being broken into in my apartment. So oh. I lived alone. Yeah. So I, I, I used to live with my ex-partner for so many years. And I moved alone in my apartment. And uh, I had night terrors at night, screaming, waking up screaming, because I, was, I had nightmares that someone would break in. Wow. First thing. Second thing, I had this phobia that, and it's weird as well, um, <laughs> I was scared to put my, it sounds very strange, I was scared to put my boots on, which I thought that a spider would be in the ah. boot inside. <laughs> and I say the word inside again, where you don't see, you know, somewhere where you don't see. Yeah. So a spider would be hiding there which is, seems totally out of the blue. I'm not that scared of spiders. I was scared there would be a spider in this confined space to attack my foot. <laughs> so, <laughs> taking my boot every time oh. I want anyway, which is weird. And, um, and did I have a third thing? And then the Vulvodynia as well. Um, and I thought, okay, it's all connected with inside mm -hmm. and breaking into a house. Uh, it, it's all connected to the intimate space. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, actually, I'm scared I'm going to be hurt inside. Mm. Oh, my God. That is so powerful. Wow. And did it all, did that realization just kind of hit you one day? Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. So when I, when I went into my um, zone of um, inner dialogue and I made the connection, I needed to ask myself what, what has changed when I made the connection um, with those weird events, the night terrors, the spider in my boots and the <laughs> Velvodinia. <laughs> yeah. um, I thought I am actually scared because my ego was showing this strong, independent woman. Mm. I don't need anyone. I'm fine. On, I love living on my own. But there was a part of me that was terrified, very vulnerable, um, that I didn't want to see. Wow. And I cried and cried. Um, and the symptoms gone immediately. Wow. wow. 100%. Oh totally gone. Yeah. 
Wow, that is amazing. So, so now that was, did you have RSI at that same time or was that a different time? No, that was uh, years later. Because oh. when I experienced that healing with Velvodinia, I didn't know anything about John Sarno and I had not read any books. I just connected with my thoughts. Mm. And uh, RSI, <laughs> it's actually a funny story. Uh, it's on the website as well. So RSI, uh, years later, um, I, I can't make that up. Um, I developed RSI through an excessive usage of Tinder, the oh. dating app. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I can totally see that happening. Because <laughs> I've never been on it myself, but my sister was on it once and the amount of left swiping you have to do to get to just yeah. one right swipe. swipe, swipe, swipe. Yeah. And because no one was ever good enough here i am swiping left left left, left swiping, swiping, swiping. <laughs> oh my gosh that is so funny and here i am with rsi and i and i could feel the my brain going into panic mode um oh my god it's because my new iphone is too heavy now mm. i'm getting this pain in my wrist it was all wrong reasons. My brain was trained to distract me from something else. And mm. I'll tell you what it is. Um, I will never be able to text anyone again. I'll never meet anyone else again. I'll never I'll lose touch with my friends, blah, blah, blah. So crazy fear um, from losing connection. And <laughs> I researched RSI online. Uh, and I ended up on one article that mentioned that it's... Um, a mind-body syndrome mm -hmm. uh, and connected. And that led me to John Sarno. And I thought, what? How can this possibly be? It's in my wrist. It's obviously because I use these muscles too much. Uh, that's the logic reason when you don't know about yeah. TMS and the mind-body connection. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, okay, why not? I'll just order the book and I'll, um, I'll see what happens. And actually, I think I healed before getting the book oh <laughs> uh, yes uh, because as soon as the seed is planted in my brain i sort of explore this um with velvodinia it was a bit harder but i explored the other uh the other side um mm -hmm. for me physical is the tip of the iceberg and yep. once you look underneath you see a whole new world mm -hmm. <laughs> And so uh, when you unveil the truth, so I thought about my symptoms and I thought, hang on, I'm, how come I'm only getting pain when I'm on this stupid app? Uh, how come when I'm, you know, flicking through a magazine, I don't get this ah. uh, pain? How come when I'm at work, um, you, uh, reading a book or whatever, um, I don't get, or clicking on the computer, I don't get this pain. It's really connected to my phone and Tinder. What's going on? And then I thought about the reason why I was on Tinder. And my intention uh, was that I was actually in love with someone who had just gone. Mm. And I wanted immediate replacement. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and my defense mechanism was to, okay, Fair enough, he's gone. I don't care. I don't like him that much. I'm going to find a replacement immediately. Here I am <laughs> swiping, swiping, swiping. <laughs> oh, wow. And the beauty, the beauty of RSI back then was to, my body was telling me, stop 
this, drop the phone, go through your grieving process, mm. admit that you are devastated, cry, take your time, mm. heal. Yeah, so that wow. was the message. Wow. So, so your journey, you know, like once you kind of had that connection made in your mind, it was almost, it was pretty quick um, that you recovered, right? Absolutely. And, RSI immediately as yeah, well. Yeah. And so, so do you have flares now? And if so, what, what does that look like or anything like that? So in terms of um, Velvodinia, RSI, I'm 100% healed. Mm -hmm. Vulvodynia was connected to a trauma in relation to intimacy. So it came back when I got triggered again. Like mm. It was scary for me to let someone in. Mm. Uh, so, But because I knew, I had this understanding that I was scared of being hurt again, I could, through meditation and crying, a lot of crying, mm -hmm. heal myself. So Vulvodynia, 100% gone. RSI, 100% gone. Wow. Um, eczema is my chronic uh, okay. symptoms and they come back whenever and actually i know it sounds weird but i'm thankful to have eczema because it means that i'm something is not right and i need to action something it means i'm conflicted and i don't realize it yeah. so whenever i've got a flare i'm thinking oops what's the emotion i'm repressing now mm. um what's going on uh where's the conflict yeah so eczema, I have to manage it. It comes back. Mm. And so with the eczema, you know, you had these just beautifully connected symbolic stories around the vulvodynia and the RSI. What do you attribute the eczema to as far as a symbolic meaning? Um, it's also so interesting to, for me, it's the location. So for me, eczema and all my symptoms are a message. So it's a language I have to translate. Mm. Um, and eczema, the location matters. Uh, there's a story on the website that's where it's good. Illustration is good as well because you can see where the eczema is located in my hands. And I realized by looking exactly where my pain was, my eczema was between my fingers. Um, and when I clenched my fist, I noticed, hang on, I can't see my eczema anymore. And I looked at my fist and it connected, it, it made sense. I thought, I'm angry, I want to fight something, mm. you know? So the location matters. There's another example, uh, more recent. I had eczema all at the back of my thighs, not that long ago. And I never had eczema there. My eczema moves everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I thought, mm, how come I've got eczema there? It's weird. And it took me actually a long time because I'm also used to have eczema. So sometimes I just ignore it mm -hmm. and I just move on with my life. Mm -hmm. And But if it stays for a while, I'm thinking, okay, I need to address this issue. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, it's weird. It's exactly on the location where my legs or my thighs touch my chair at work. And I thought, mm, is there something wrong with where I'm sitting in the workplace? And, I, I, and it was a, a truth for me. I was uncomfortable where I, I was seated, where mm. I was uh, in, in that environment. And there was a conflict. And my body told me, move away from that space, mm -hmm. sit somewhere else. Wow. And as soon as I addressed the issue, as the issue ended up being solved, gone wow. their symptoms, absolutely wow. gone. 
That is so cool. It's like your body is like a, a little like messenger that just lets you know, like, look here, look here, look here. That's so incredible. And it's so cool that you put this like creative touch to it. And I think that's a beautiful, you know, piece of healing a lot of times is, is bringing your creative spark into your life. And so before your illustration project, had you been um, an artist in any way, shape or form? Yes, yeah. I love music. Um, okay. I'm also a volunteer radio broadcaster. Oh. Um, and I write songs, I play music. So there's a lot of yeah, art in my life. Yes. Um, and what I love in drawing, uh, first, because it's new. Mm. And, you know, when you're learning new skills, you're so absorbed. And it's a real, a real it's a space where I am so focused, I lose track of time, nothing else mm. exists. And my mind is so focused on that um, piece of artwork um, that if I've got eczema then that day, I don't feel it anymore because my brain is directed to, to, towards something creative and meaningful. Yes. yes, beautiful. So you're still looking for volunteers for this illustration project, correct? Yes, please. Yes. I need new stories. <laughs> so what is the process for, for a submission? Like, what does it look like when, when somebody submits a story? Um, so before explaining, I'd like to acknowledge that I know it's difficult to share such a personal story. I do not edit the text at all. I will never come back to you and say, oh, can you uh, remove this? Uh, sometimes I ask for clarification because I translate it in French um, oh. as well. So uh, sometimes I'm wondering, oh, I hope I'm relaying the message in an appropriate way. So the procedure is to jump on um, the website, the shadowsideofpain.com. There's a contact tab and uh, just drop me a line. Um, I need a photo because I will draw the illustration from the picture that you send me. Uh, but we can, as long as you get in touch, I can, you know, uh, yeah, That's reply. That's cool. And, it would be cool yeah. to have like, and I mean, it's almost like a gift that you're giving to the world with this, because then people can have this amazing representation of their journey and what they went through. So that's really oh, beautiful. Thanks. It's a nice way to look at it. Yeah. I want like a catalog of real stories of people who have faced their truth and, come out on the other side yeah more enlightened and physically better yes and so do you have a favorite story on the website yeah my favorite story is the story of Kate um, she had um, chronic neck pain neuropathic pain and um, she she's incredible she is a costume designer and she designed her own pain costume because her pain was so invisible that she could not explain what it was like. So she wanted to make this invisible pain visual or visible. Wow. And um, yeah, I encourage, um, uh, if you're listening, I encourage you to read a full story. It's very moving and very empowering. And she also created... Um, she co-founded a um, not-for-profit uh, not for profit organization in the UK called Something Chronic. Um, it's about reimagining chronic pain through the arts. Mm. So amazing project uh, and amazing wow. story. 
Thank you, Kate, if you're listening. <laughs> awesome. And so um, now you grew up in France. You're in Australia now. Like with your, uh, your French-speaking community, is there an awareness of the mind-body message at all? Or is... No, I mean, I've, I've seen... I know there's a couple of French-speaking um, or French um, individuals on the forums, on the community, so on your forum. I know there's Céline um, on Curable as well, a couple of French people, but it's, I feel it's, there's absolutely no awareness. Maybe it's because I'm remote and I don't live in France anymore, mm -hmm. so I ignore the right channels. However, I have found very little education in French available about the mind-body connection. John Sarno's book, uh, I, I'm not sure which one it is. I can't remember if it's Healing Back Pain or The Mind-Body Prescription. There's one of his books that's been translated into French, but all the other resources that are accessible in English, mm -hmm. I, can't, I could not find any in, in French. If you're French speaking and if you're listening, please uh, get in touch if you know of some resources in French. So I really wanted to um, yet yeah, to communicate and bring this awareness of how emotions can translate into pain uh, in French. Yes. And um, yeah, I, I mean, my website is for the wider audience. It's for people who have never thought that pain could be anything else than physical. Right, right. And so, um, you know, your journey has kind of led you to begin to coach this stuff as well. Can you yeah. talk about your coaching style and philosophy? Yes. Yeah, so I got trained last year. Um, initially, it was for a different projects, but through my training, we uh, have approached uh, the symptoms just like dreams, uh, as you interpret uh, the way you interpret dreams. Um, I was trained with the method that is called, um, that is based on uh, process orientation psychology. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's very broad. It was created in the 80s by um, Arnold Mindel. And it says basically that everything is connected, the mind, the body, we are connected to the earth, we're connected to the cosmos. So mm -hmm. it um, encapsulates uh, Jungian psychology, Taoism, quantum physics. So through this training, uh, we, we, explored body symptoms and I thought wow it makes so much sense with what I've experienced and it means I could practice my coaching in that direction mm -hmm. um, and also I wanted to touch base on what coaching is um, because it's a new um, profession but it's a real profession it's uh, defined and regulated by the International Coach Federation um, so we have uh, professional standards, we have code of ethics, we have a real method and we have learned skills. Um, so because it's still new, people sometimes think that to be a coach, you just need to be very confident and know what you're talking about. But it's actually the opposite. The coach doesn't know. The principle of coaching is that the client knows better. The clients are the experts yes. in their own lives. Yes. And it's it's the role of the coach through this partnership with the client to, uh, un to help the client unlock their inner wisdom. Yes. So it's really empowering. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, yeah, a coach will never give you advice. A coach will never tell you what you should do. A coach will be curious about your journey. 
the client defines its goals, their goals, their steps, uh, and uh, yeah, the coach is there to to push towards change, but it, it's at the client's pace. Yes, absolutely. That's such an important distinction, and I think a lot of people come to coaching expecting advice, like expecting know, like yeah. the step-by-step plan. <laughs> and it's like, oh. it's got to come from within you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, so. I, and I think it can be so beneficial, especially um, when people feel helpless with their uh, symptoms and they've been through, um, you know, so many stages of recovery that don't work and they want to hear, to be saved, you know, by someone. And mm-hmm. also that's the model of, um, modern medicine where you go to a figure of authority it's a yes. doctor and the to- doctor gives you a recipe yes. prescription do this take that and that will work mm-hmm. and the coach is the opposite so um i know sometimes um when you when people have chronic pain for a long time they there's this sense of helplessness and maybe sometimes we feel like we are victims mm-hmm. uh, but the coach will extract you from this um feeling of being a victim, it's empowering because you will focus on solutions, will focus towards a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, yeah, it's, it's very empowering. And yeah, it, it removes you, it removes the, the client from feeling helpless, and, you know, like a little child. Mm-hmm. It gives, yeah, it's focus oriented, uh, future oriented and solution oriented. So yeah. I'm so passionate about it. It's so cool. Yeah, that is so cool. And something that we all desperately need. It's like when, especially when we have chronic pain, it's like we're so focused on the pain and what's wrong and and exactly. So so moving toward like, okay, what do I really want? Like what 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 would I like it to look like? And then you can create your art, you know, your art form that comes from that image of that popped into your mind and then go towards that. Absolutely. Yeah, beautiful. Now, if someone were to want to connect with you, either for the shadow side of pain or um, to connect with you as a coach, um, how can people find you? Um, Three platforms. So the websites, theshadowsideofpain.com. There's a contact page. uh, And there's also a page that describes... um, TMS coaching and my approach. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also, I've got a page on Facebook. So the shadow side of pain as well on Facebook. Um, it's new. So I only have 52 likes. So if you want to like oh, the page, everybody please, go like it. Please, <laughs> <laughs> please. Oh. And I also have a, an Instagram account. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, Edith, I cannot thank you enough for coming on to share your story and your vision and your project and your passion with us. I guess I'll close by asking you if you were to give one piece of advice to someone who is suffering today, what would it be? I would say drop, um, identify and drop perfectionism. Um, even in our TMS approach, or we went, when we want to heal from TMS, so we can then channel perfectionism and it's not helpful. Um, I think perfectionism is a social construct. Look in nature, look at a tree. Is it symmetrical? No. Is it all straight and mm. same color? No. Uh, embrace the beauty of imperfections. Embrace your journey. And also the way I see TMS, I see it... Um, as let's say the na- native language of my subconscious. So 
if I compare it to um, French and English. So my native language is French, but I've learned English. So your brain can learn neuroplasticity. Your brain can change and learn a different way to express itself. So I, even though I speak fluent English, as you can hear me, uh, sometimes when I'm angry, I say, oh, mer, fait and it's all, it comes out in French. <laughs> and you could think about it like a setback. Oh, she's forgotten her English. Oh, my God, no, uh, she can't speak English anymore. No, it just had to come out that way in my native language. It doesn't mean I don't speak English anymore. Mm. Uh, so if you have a flare-up or if you see it as a setback it's not a setback it's just the first thing that you're the first pathway that your brain or your subconscious found to pass on this message um just embrace it and um yeah move forward with that knowledge that it's just the way your subconscious has learned to communicate something to you Yes. Oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on today. It's such an honor to have you here. I think everyone should submit their story because then you get free art. Like, that's amazing. (laughs) Um, That's really wonderful. And I can't wait to see how your project grows and how your, your passion grows. And we hope to have you on the show again someday. Fabulous. Thank you so much, Caitlin. It was amazing. I loved it. (laughs) All right. We'll see you later. (laughs) See you. Okay. Bye. Bye.